0: Welcome everybody to the next episode of The Cannabis Review. I'm delighted to be joined in this episode by fellow Irishman and one of the most successful Irishman to ever set foot in the cannabis industry to date. He is basically the president and founder of multi-jurisdictional vertically integrated family of cannabis businesses that are involved in cultivation, distribution and retail. He's also established Patients Care Collective in Berkeley in 2001, making it the oldest continuously operating cannabis retailer in the United States. And he has a wealth of multitude of experience that we're hopefully going to be able to drench from in this episode. But this is Mark O'Brien. Martin, how are you keeping?
1: How are you doing, Owen? Thanks very much for having me on, man. Appreciate it. I'm delighted to have you on,
0: mate. When I was doing the tags, even the name, I was like, what title I'm giving him. He's got so many different things that he's been successful at. So it's great to be able to chat to you and hopefully uh, spread a bit of education to the audience watching these episodes. Can you maybe give everybody just a quick little overview of how you ended up over in the cannabis industry in California, going from music into that scene?
1: Yeah, um, basically um, around 95, sometime around then, 90, well, actually, they say 94, uh, we had started a clothing company. It was called uh, Communion. It was uh, the first ever clothing company on the Internet. Um, It was organic hemp back when you couldn't even wear a full hemp t-shirt, you know, had to be a mix of cotton. Uh, um, and then we started, uh, we, we met this group called the Cannabis Action Network in, in Berkeley. They were doing a, uh, they had a, a booth on the street every, every weekend. And my partner at the time, Mike Mattel, he met him and Mike's an artist. And he ended up doing some art for them, um, for, and then we ended up helping them with a concert that they did in Golden Gate Fields. Uh, um, Ended up helping them with the cannabis cup over in Amsterdam for five or six years from like ninety-five to two thousand. Um did a lot of activist work for them basically for the for the for the group and then it's went amazing. and and started doing because we I was a rape promoter, we had a lot of experience in putting on events and dealing with cops and that kind of thing, you know. And um amazing. sorry. Go on there. And um here Hero the, um... So that kind of leads me on to the
0: first topic I kind of wanted to jump into. Like, you've got such a long story that because probably 15 minutes, I'm going to try and rush different things along at certain times. Because this is. Okay. How, I think we could give you like three a or lot four episodes. <laughs> yeah, we cover so many things over a new episode. So let me just jump straight on to the PCC, the success and the longevity of the PCC. Why did you start it? What's the key to the longevity and success of the PCC? And how can people in Europe and Ireland learn from the successful things that you've implemented over there?
1: Great questions. Um, we started PCC because we were empowered by cannabis and that it's the government's lying to you about it not having any medical use. Um, and so we decided we would go for it. We opened it up. Um, I was on uh, April the 4th, 2001. Um, we were, I think some of the stuff that kept us open is that we were political. We we always had some kind of like flyer to give out to people that they could call their representative or something. We always took care of patients, like really took care of them. You know, we weren't just in it for money. Um, and one of the big things was that we, we didn't grow. Proposition 215, which is what a lot of the dispensaries were based on before... The laws changed in 2018. Proposition 215 was 1996. It was very grey area type thing in regards to what it, you could do, but it was pretty clear on a couple of things, like you can't have retail and have a dispensary, or you can't have a dispensary and cultivate. So we didn't cultivate ever, and anyone that did cultivate and had a dispensary, pretty soon the DEA would come along and fucking lop your head off. No problem. Um, So I think there were some of the reasons why, like patient-centred, political, uh, uh, and and being aware of the environment and, and the climate. And uh, so, what can people in Ireland learn? Uh, they're not going to do it. The politicians are not going to do it. It's as simple as that. They're self-serving. The vast majority of them, not unless the people of Ireland actually want it, and actually forced force the issue, writing to your TD or senator, coming to one of the PFSA protests. Uh, sending an email, joining PFSA, uh, keeping an eye on the European news. It's like, do you want your mother to have access to medicine when she gets older and she needs it, or your father, or someone who gets cancer? I mean, it's, it's pretty real.
0: Okay, very interesting. Um, I move on to Foxworth Farms. What was the uh, the objective with theirs? Basically, the laws allowed you to change that you could have a separate entity that allowed cultivation, and you wanted to basically ensure that the patients had organic and uh, a very high quality product. Is that right in saying that?
1: That's very well said, yeah. And you'd have to add energy to it. You know, it's like the positivity and the energy. The plant is like whatever you give to the plant, the plant's going to give back to you. Uh, uh, um. So we wanted to make sure that it's not only grown correctly, but curing, which is cure c- Growing is about half the battle. Curing, getting all the gases out, and getting into the state where it's like stable and it's the best medicine you can get. Is a a, a lot of a lot of people still to this day, even more now these days, skip that step. It doesn't burn good. It's not good for the patient, you know. So we wanted to be able to control that to a certain extent. Now it's not as if PCC. It Just carries Foxworthy, it's got hundreds of products, you know what I mean. But for a certain amount of, of that, so the, that was for PCC, but also there's a lot of dispensaries around. So then we we um, started uh, our own distribution company called California Cannabis Distribution Company. Maybe I'm jumping ahead there for you, I'm sorry. No, it's but well, no, and for you. And the reason we started that was so we could distribute our own flour when cannabis flour when the laws changed you you can't be a farmer and then sell directly to a retailer anymore that's when but to the first of january 2018 um you had to you have to as a farmer sell to a distributor so then so we had the retail we had the farm then we started the distribution company so we're vertically integrated and we don't really need like anyone in 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 that regard to get, get ourselves to a certain level
0: okay one of the things i'm very curious about is when it comes to the logistics and the like shipping of the product from from point a to point b is there a specific license that the driver is required to have or is there specific insurance that goes with the trucks or is it basically just if nobody asks nobody says
1: no 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 i've been shipping weed and moving weed around california for for a long time before i was legal and like one of my favorite things about legalization is that you have a shipping manifest an fn shipping manifest you mean you know what i mean it's like a cop can pull you over and you're like here you go i'm going from point a to point b you know that's a beautiful thing about it and you have to have uh it's also on a thing called metric m-e-t-r-c it's an acronym by the state it's a tracking program basically every gram is tracked everywhere it goes whether it's from the farmer. To the distributor, our uh, distributor can sell to a distributor, and then what's called the final mile. The final mile is like from the distributor to the retail, and then all of that's insured. You can insure your product these days, even though it's expensive. Your your vehicle's insured again. It's more everything's more expensive for your, for your own cannabis. It's a simple that, that the way it is these days, anyway. You know, because it's federally illegal, so it might be legal at a state level. But it's still federally legal. So insurance and all of those type of things, they, they sting you pretty hard.
0: Yeah, it's a highly valued commodity as well. I'm sure there's a number untoward characters who have their eye on that as well. So, yeah, I can imagine. So security detail in licensing and insurance are all required to be able to ship from point A to point B, including the final mile. Is that correct? That's correct. Brilliant, right. Well, now I wanna jump onto the main topic that I wanted to bring you on this, and it's basically Patients for Safe Access in Ireland. So you've been instrumental in the founding and the, the energy behind this organization, the non-for-profit non organization in Ireland. Can you tell me a little bit about the group that's set up and what the what's the pr- primary objective within the next 18 months for PFSA?
1: Great question. Uh myself kenny tynan alicia Meyer, and martin condon started uh, patients for safe access a couple of years ago we we met on zoom for a long time through covid started the organization like filed for the nonprofit, got the bank account and so on and so forth we were planning an online conference for a while but then like covid opened up so we ended up aiming to do our first conference there and that was in june the goal of the first conference was to unite the disparate groups cannabis activist groups around the country that was one of the main goals to get all of these people into the same same my chickens outside Rooster. uh <laughs> the, my goal the goal was to get all these people into one room so we could all see we're on the same page and uh, uh, uh unified basically and then uh, they used to know this uh crying a, a major group for a farm tom Caron, amy brown uh, Peter Reynolds, all these people know are a larger part of patients for safe access. Like we have a, a weekly meeting every week, like, and it's a larger group. Uh, we're taking on larger things, you know? Uh, um, so that's, that's how it was started. Why was it started? Um, I've seen cannabis help a lot of people on the way out. It's not, you know, there's no cure for stage four cancer. Let's be real. You know what I mean? But like it can give a person a lot of dignity. On the way out that's a key thing that it does if it used properly it can help to stave and stave off cancer and be health efficient in that way uh, i've seen it cure cancer time and time again obviously not stage four my mother died of cancer maybe that's why i'm you know a little more connected to that like my friends have died of cancer my dogs have died of cancer i mean fuck cancer man you know what i mean it's like cannabis really really helps and so I want, the, and I've seen it like firsthand. anyone come along, challenge me, see what you can, nah, I've seen it firsthand. I'm the man with the experience, I'm the person with the experience, you know, and to, for the politicians in Ireland not to see that, we need to make the politicians in Ireland see that that's a reality, a reality, and they, that the people of Ireland need to have access to safe medical cannabis. Simple as that. Not just for the three um, conditions they have now. I mean, one is draconian, right? MS. They're saying that you you can, if you have MS, we recognize you're sick. But it's only if you're really, really, really sick and about to die that you can get cancer, that you can get access to cannabis. That's draconian. Uh, like, the doctor's number one, like, rule is do no harm. Oof. Where's Stephen Donnelly and all of this, except for denying it? And there's an old Ireland and there's a new Ireland, you know. We're trying to appeal to both Ireland's to, because the new Ireland wants it There's a lot of people use it. And the old Ireland don't want it. They're afraid of priests. They're afraid of their doctors. Let's be real about it, you know. Those days are gone. Those days are gone, you know. So what's our timeline in the next 18 months? Legalize medical cannabis in Ireland. Add more conditions, chronic pain, endometriosis, like psychological things, uh, just there's a lot. There's a lot I can do, and bring in industry in Ireland. I would challenge that. You look at my fridge now, right? There's Barry's tea in my cupboard. There's Kerrygold in my fridge, and there's a bottle of Teeling and Jameson and in, in, in Irish stuff that Irish people and other people buy around around the world. There's way more Kerrygold sold around the world than there is in Ireland. Why can't Irish people? Have the right to grow cannabis to have an industry to be a distributor to be a retailer to be a manufacturer to be a cultivator and not just provide for the general public in ireland but also like germany's got a problem right now they don't have enough access to cannabis to medical cannabis so that's where we're coming from well said matter couldn't
0: uh yeah it's very empowering i have to admit so basically getting chronic pain, neuropathic pain, number of conditions added to the NCAP and bolstering and allowed a a much deeper wide of patients to be able to access these medicines a much a wider range of pharmacies and doctors prescribing them and selling them, I think, is we're all on the same ball, regardless of what company you're in or what territory you're in in Ireland. I think that's the objective for us all now to get done over yes. the next 12 months. So it's been absolutely amazing talking to you, mate. I think we'll have to do a part two and a part three with you where we can go. And get into I would like to say, say one more
1: thing if I could, sir. Yeah, of course, it's of course. The, the doctors that's the blockage, right? So it's like right to your TD. Are you listening to me? Write to your TD, call your TD, visit your TD, tell them you want the MCap program. There's under review. Minister Donnelly was brought up by two politicians a couple of days ago on the dial, and he answered that there it's under review. Put pressure on your government to change the the MCap program to allow cannabis to access for chronic pain and for endometriosis and other and other issues. That's are the first steps, and it shouldn't. It's just it's. It's tied in on a consultant. Like, for example, if you're a, 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 a person that wants to change your sexuality in Ireland, there's a ten year waiting list, ten years. Ireland's health system is draconian, it's not like it's supposed to be a third world country. It's not, you know, things need to change in that regard. It can't be just consultants, but you wait years and years and years to see. Doctors have got to be able to general GPS like in Denmark and in America. I've got to be able to have the right to prescribe that. If you see your doctor, talk to your doctor, tell him what you believe. We've got to empower, take our empowerment and spread our empowerment to our politicians and our doctors and our health officials. Thanks for your time
0: mate absolutely brilliantly said uh thank you very much for taking time and this will definitely be doing a part two and being able to bring more information to the audience but for now mate you have a great weekend and i look forward to chatting to you again very soon
1: all right take care thanks very much for having me on Owen, and thanks very
0: much for doing the cannabis review anytime mate. any till next episode
1: everybody